PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. Learn from the mistakes of others because you can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Eleanor Roosevelt said that, and we all certainly wish that we could foresee financial missteps before they happen. So on today's episode, John and Nick are going to share some stories with us and talk with us about money mistakes we might regret and how to avoid them here on the podcast. This is Retirement Planning Redefined. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome into the show this week as John and Nick and myself are going to talk about those money mistakes and hopefully ways to avoid those. So we're going to get into a few of them this week. And as always, if you've got some questions, you need some help, reach out to the guys before you take any action on something you hear on our show or any others as it relates to your situation. Specifically, we all have these universal things that apply to us, but individually in the nitty gritty is where we need that the, the qualified professionals to really help us uh, dissect and do the right things for our retirement. And John and Nick can be found at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Get yourself onto the calendar and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. John, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Hanging in there, doing pretty well. Looking forward to talking to you guys today about these money mistakes and seeing what we can do about them. Nick, my friend, what's going on on your end of the world? You doing all right? Yes, sir. Staying busy. Yeah, it's keeping busy. Well, that's good. That's time of the year. We are into, I don't know, it's right around November about the time we're doing this. So uh, we'll see. You know, the year's winding down quick. And so it's always something coming fast and furious. So let's talk about a few of these things. So hopefully we can avoid them, especially in the fourth quarter, right? Sometimes we start to maybe spend a little bit more money than we realize. So let's get into today's conversation a little bit, guys. And I want to talk about IRA withdrawals and doing whether it's a loan from like a, I guess a 401k, or I know you can't do it from different kinds of accounts or just taking them out prematurely. Why is this a money mistake that people might regret? Cause I've talked to a lot of advisors and it seems like everybody universally says this is the last place to access money early. If you need it, like if you needed something for an emergency or something's happened, they really, most people seem to advise against pulling money out of these types of accounts early. Why is that? Whoever wants to tackle it. Yeah, I'll take that one. So yeah, the main reason why you want to avoid this is it can be riddled with fees and, um, you know, there's a 10% penalty for under 59 and a half, you don't qualify to take the distribution out. So right. what you're doing there, and we talked about it last week, is uh, you know, Uncle Sam has a liability in your money. You're just basically giving Uncle Sam 10% of your money. And then on top of that, you're paying taxes, you know, on any withdrawal. Mm-hmm. 
And um, if you're already, you know, if you're already currently working, now you just actually raise your tax practice. You could be paying additional taxes. And this is money that's just lost. And what you're really losing out on is the growth potential right, right. down the road. So it really is a lost opportunity cost of, hey, if you pulled out 40, 50 grand over whatever, a couple of year period, well, depending on how long you were going to wait till you retire, that's 50 grand of, you know, six, 7% potential compounding growth that could really add up um, and could be a detriment to your overall, you know, retirement strategy. I would add to that too, from the perspective of a lot of times, the reason for taking out the funds isn't necessarily the best. Um, and there could be other ways. If it's a last resort, you know, that's one thing. Sure, yeah. If it's something where it's like, Hey, you know, for an update to a house or different things like that, or, you know, even like certain types of debt consolidation, we've found that literally the money just kind of disappears almost to the standpoint of it never kind of gets replaced. You know, when that expense goes away, they don't kind of catch back up and and like reemphasize savings or things after that. It just the money comes in quick. It feels easy. It goes out quick. And then they just kind of move on like it never happened. So um, th- it really can put people behind the, the able. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, and I, I definitely like the point of not only is there the immediate impact, but there's that future impact that John talked about by losing the ability to continue to grow that money for our future self. So certainly a money mistake that we could regret uh, and why many advisors, most advisors, you know, advise not doing that and looking for some other alternatives. Uh, let's talk about lifestyle creep. It's not a song from Radiohead. It is a type of it's like you get to that peak earning years, I suppose, and the kids are out of the house. Like I'm, I'm there now, guys. Like you know, I'm, I'm 52. Uh, the kids in the Navy, she's doing well. My wife and I are, you know, doing all right. And so, you know, I've been splurging a little here and a little there on some extra items, and we're enjoying ourselves. But I'm also being mindful not to let it get out of control. Because there is that future me still waving, saying, hey, don't forget about, I need some of this money too when you're 75, right? So you got to be careful with that. Do you guys see that sometimes when folks get to this age where they're like, hey, I've worked really hard. I, you know, I'm going to treat myself a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, definitely we'll see that. And, you know, we always kind of joke with people that we're not the money police and we're not here to (laughs) tell you, you know, that you can or can't use your own money or or those sorts of things. Right. To just kind of like show you, you know, kind of the repercussions of decisions, both good and bad. So, you know, those those years in your 50s where you're able to save really make a big difference. And so, you know, sometimes we we'll even phrase it like, OK, well, you know, maybe you're going to splurge on a certain type of vehicle or a second home or, you know, something like that. And so that's big conversion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so what can we do from the perspective of, OK, a little bit for you now and a little bit for you later, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, sure. sometimes it's as simple as, all right, let's just start a an automatic deposit into a, a separate account, you know, uh-huh. and at least force it. Let's see how it feels. Because a lot of times people will adjust to having a little less, you know, take home income or they get really, you know, that they, they're used to having a certain amount of money in the bank and maybe it's substantially higher than it was five or six years ago. And they get almost kind of addicted to looking at it. And now it's time to 
it's like, all right, well, you've reached that. Now let's deploy some of what we'll call like the new money elsewhere and and start to save it to try to make up for that yeah. uh, creep a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's all about balance, right? And of course, John, I was talking about like, you know, just buying season hockey tickets and he's talking about buying an extra house, <laughs> right? So, but, but either way, right, it's all about finding that balance uh, so that you don't get that lifestyle creep out of control a little bit. And, and John, I'll, I'll throw this one at you since you've got the little ones there. Uh, another one that the big money mistake people are, are starting to really wake up to is I paid too much for my kids' tuition and I can't finance retirement, right? So I told my daughter this. I was like, you know, I was like, when she was 20, I was like, all right, you need to get your stuff together because you ain't staying on my couch forever, right? So, uh, and besides, you don't want me on your couch whenever I'm 70 and you're in your 40s or whatever and you've got your family and you're raising your kids and I've had to come live with you because I gave you too much for college or I helped you too much along the way. It's got to be about balance on this as well, I would think. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think most parents, they want to provide obviously as much for their kids. Of course as possible. we do. Say, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't want them to have all this student loans coming out of school. I just want them to focus on school. But right. you know, hundred percent, there you can't go at fifty nine and a half or sixty five and say, "Hey, I need a retirement loan." You know, <laughs> there's no, right. that's not an option. The but, best thing, you know, the, the, the only choice there might be maybe a reverse mortgage, right? And that's a conversation. Yeah, ex- the day. exactly. So you don't want to catch yourself in a situation where it's like, "Hey." In your high earning years, you're really, hey, let's let's put let's help them out with school. And then all of a sudden they're done and you look at your nest egg and it's like, wait, yeah, I got to work extra um, or I have to adjust my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you really back yourself into a corner. So, you know, there's other ways to go around it. Maybe they do take out a student loan. And at the end of once they graduate, maybe you assist them in paying it back. But at least you have that option to really adjust to, to your situation. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know, mistakes and how to avoid them. What you especially want to avoid is backing yourself into a corner at the 55 plus age, because that's where a lot of times where you're a high earner and companies might look at it and say, hey, you know, we need to downsize. I've had a few clients where, you know, late 50s, early 60s, and they're looking at it like, hey, I got to go find a job somewhere. And they weren't planning for that. So you definitely want to leave yourself flexible to adapt to any situation that's going to come up. Yeah, we were, since I was talking about hockey as an, uh, a second ago, we'll use that as an analogy. You definitely don't want to have two guys in the penalty box, two of you in the penalty box, and have it be a five-on-three because it's just going to be a little, a little rough right there. So making sure that, you again, balance is going to be the key, right? Making sure that you can handle helping the kids without sacrificing your future. And they don't want you to do that either, ultimately, right? Whether it's at the moment they feel like they do because it's great to have mom and dad help, but you know, when it comes back around years later and they have to help you, they're going to really regret that decision as well. So that's why we're trying to highlight some of these areas for you to avoid. And Nick, I'll toss this one to you. Kind of similar in a way, instead of, but instead of helping, helping your kids, you're helping yourself because you chose to retire early. And if longevity risk is the great multiplier to all the other risks we face in retirement, just the, and that's just the years we live longer, I would think that retiring too much too early is almost like longevity risk on steroids. Yeah, you know, I think the the retiring too early thing is usually if if there's a really strong plan, uh, meaning like financial plan, retirement plan done, you know, I think we feel pretty comfortable with the level at which, you know, we kind of do plans and and give people this input on, hey, we feel comfortable with you retiring, we don't feel comfortable with you retiring, but for example, you know, recently a new client, somebody that is going to retire a little earlier than maybe is, you know, considered typical, reviewed the plan that they had been working off of the last maybe five, six, seven, eight years. And 
the rate at which the plan had expenses dropping mm-hmm. uh, for the client mm-hmm. like jumped out to me as a, a red flag. And so it's not only from, you know, just kind of like a, a standpoint of, hey, you know, in theory, it, it doesn't make sense to retire too early and, you know, all these different things, but also, you know, just kind of showing the importance of, you know, second opinion or the importance of the plan, importance of inputs in a plan where, in our opinion, cutting expenses by 50% between, you know, 70 and 80 is a pretty tricky thing, uh, you know, and can be very misleading with the security that you feel uh, with your plan. So, yeah, you know, things like drawing down the money too early, uh, whether it's taking Social Security too early, you know, those those increases that people have gotten in the last, you know, three, four years in Social Security, especially those that have waited, mm-hmm. are going to make a really substantial difference because they've been so high. And just anybody that was, you know, took those real early and, and locked in, uh, you know, those gains on much lower numbers, uh, they're going to feel it 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but I just saw something not too long ago that talked about waiting three years, just three years to to retire, delaying it three years made like some crazy number difference uh, in the math for retirement. So it was it was pretty wild. I, I have to find that. We'll have to talk about that on a future show. But it was pretty interesting just the, the massive difference that it can make. So certainly important. Hey, if you want to retire early and the numbers bear out, cool, right? But just I think that's the point. Run the numbers. Make sure that you truly can pull the trigger and retire early so that it doesn't bite you along the way because you certainly don't want to get to 80 and and be like, oh, okay, now i got to go back to work. That that wouldn't be good. So let's not do that. John, uh, let's talk about the last one here. I want to have you chime in a little bit on different taxable you know, kind of buckets. We were just talking a couple of weeks ago about kicking the can. We're so used to it, right? That's what we've been taught pump it into a 401k, defer, defer, defer. And many people, if we're talking money mistakes again, is is uh, I didn't really explore like other tax buckets and I kind of regret doing that, right? So maybe it might have been made, made more sense to look at Roths, for example, or something else. Yeah, you know, going back to our last session, this is uh, this is when you look at your nest egg and you say, wait, Uncle Sam's getting about 15 to 20% of this. Right. And uh, you realize, hey, I should have done some Roth money. Um, but yeah, that that's definitely something... We see a lot of people going to retirement where Roths weren't too popular, um, you know, really 10 or 15 years ago in 401ks, that is. And um, now it's more popular. So more people are doing it. But definitely right now, we're seeing a lot of people where most of the money is pre-tax and they'll go into retirement and realizing how much they're paying in taxes and just saying, hey, I wish I had some tax-free money to really uh, help the burden of the taxes I'm paying. And again, you know, the tax rates can change. So just being able to adjust and and pivot depending on what's happening. Yeah, I definitely think that it's something worth investigating, having a conversation, but there is some things they have to think about too. So I know it's been the hot topic lately to talk about doing Ross or conversions, Nick, but if you are considering doing so, make sure that this is also money, right? That you're not going to access, need to access right away because there is a five-year hold, correct? If you're converting? Correct. Yeah. So it, you know, from if you're going to implement uh, conversions into your overall strategy, it's really important to have, you know, it roadmapped out um, because we've seen people that have converted, you know, too much or converted uh, money that they expected to be able to use within mm-hmm. okay. kind of that five year window. Right. And yeah. then, you know, it kind of defeat the purpose and or maybe they don't have money outside to be able to pay the taxes. Right. 
So yeah, it, it's really important to have a broad-based uh, strategy uh, when you're looking to to do that. Yeah, because I know it's been a hot topic, and a lot of people have been really pushing the the importance of of getting money, you know, paying the taxes now at the lower rate that we're in, you know, because we, we're all pretty sure the tax rates are going to go up, yada yada yada. And so it's been a big focus, but don't just get sold on it because it's the thing, and then all of a sudden, to your point, someone's saying, "Hey, I got a million bucks, let me start converting all of it," because uh, you're going to jack yourself up in tax brackets that way too. So there has has to be some strategy to that as well, just like everything in finance. Make sure that you got a good strategy in place for all the different pieces, the income side, the taxation side, social security, you know, all those pieces need a strategy to them in order to uh, to be effective and working together within that strategy. So if you need some help, that's what the guys do day in and day out. Get yourself onto the calendar, or if you know someone who's in a situation that does need some help, share the podcast with them. Let them know to reach out to them or just stop by the website, jot this down, pfgprivatewealth.com, and share that with those that might benefit from the message. pfgprivatewealth.com is where you can find John and Nick, financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast Retirement Planning Redefined on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Guys, thanks for hanging out. Nick, buddy, I appreciate you as always. Thanks, man, and uh, enjoy your uh, hockey game. Absolutely. Going to do that and uh, to your mom as well. She's a, a new big fan as well, so go uh, go hockey. And, John, my friend, I hope things are going well for you, and thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yep, have a good one. Yes, sir. We'll see you next time right here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick. 